draw. Welcome to Untap Upkeep. We're your hosts, Nick and Jason. And now it's time for our flavor text of the day. Today's flavor text of the day is brought to you by Zendikar Rising. Adventure awaits. Good. We're all here. Let's get started. So our main topic for today is fun ways to spice up games with your playgroup. A lot of problems that come up with playgroups is that you guys are always playing the same decks or the games are getting really, really stale. So here's a couple of things that you can try to make things more fun within your playgroup. Yeah, I don't like playing against uh, Scion of the Erdreg in every game. <laughs> One of the things that we tried that was a little different from our usual game night experience was a $15 deck challenge. For my birthday last year, I had my playgroup each build a deck with a $15 restriction, commander excluded, unless it was over $5, to make it fair. One of the decks that we built for the $15 deck challenge was Brago King Eternal, which is a 4-mana, 2 and an Azorius for a 2-4 flyer that reads, When Brago King Eternal deals combat damage to a player, exile any number of target non-land permanents you control, then return those cards to the battlefield under their owner's control. This effect is great for ETB effects and so on. Leave the battlefield effects too? That too. Um, the player also included Lavinia of the Tenth, a 5-mana, 3 and an Azorius for a 4-4, four, four, protection from red, that reads, When Lavinia of the Tenth enters the battlefield, detain each non-land permanent your opponent's control with converted mana cost 4 or less. For those that don't know what Detain is, it means that until your next turn, those permanents can't attack or block, and their activated abilities can't be activated. This card on the surface, it's it's okay for one battlefield, but when you can blink it every single turn, it is so good and so annoying for the opponents. It's run in a lot of Brago lists. I, I, I do see it quite often, though it's not that expensive so it fits really really well in a budget challenge especially when everyone else is also running budget yeah. cards so because most budget cards fall into that cmc4 or less there's very few budget cards that are viable that are that big when building the brago list i really didn't think that it was going to be very easy because brago's not exactly the cheapest deck to build I feel like it's one of those decks where the higher your budget goes, the better Enter the Battlefield triggers you get, since a lot of the really expensive cards do have really good Enter the Battlefield triggers and, for that deck. And blinking is kind of the Azorius thing. A lot of Azorius decks will have some form of blink in them anyway. Um, so the deck list wasn't that unique per se. It did run cards that you'd see in, like, like for example, Archaeomancer. But... One of, a couple of the cards that really shined were Luminate Primordial, which is basically a Swords to Plowshares for each opponent that's stapled onto a creature for an ETB trigger, or Stonehorn Dignitary, which also uh, target op causes a target opponent to skip their next combat phase. Yeah, there's, there's so much stuff out there for Braga that's really, really cheap, and that makes it a really, really good budget control commander. Also, since Braga clearly wants to do something with leave the battlefield enter the battlefield triggers which are found in every set the deck just keeps getting more and more toys to play with as time goes on you can just open up a pack and you'll get something that could go into a brago deck for sure may not be great but it, it it can go in whatever you want to so the deck that i built for the challenge was shirei shizo's caretaker you can say that five times shirei shizo's caretaker shirei shizo's caretaker shirei shizo's caretaker no i can't say it five times fast uh, Shirei Shizo's Caretaker is a 5-mana 2-2 two -two 
Whenever a creature with power one or less is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, you may return that card to the battlefield at the beginning of the next end step if Shirei Shizu's caretaker is still on the battlefield. The way I kind of looked at this deck building challenge was I want to take an archetype of cards that are normally just cheap, which in this case is one ones for one or one ones for any amount of mana, and kind of just build a deck around that theme. And Shirei really kind of spoke to me. And it was a deck that I was looking at building anyways. And so a lot of the cards, a lot of like the carrion feeders and the blood artists were kind of a given, but there were a few cards that really, really shined that you probably will not see in any other Shira deck. One of these cards is Newscraft Mob. Newscraft Mob is a six mana zero zero, which enters the battlefield with five plus one plus one counters on it. And then whenever a player casts a spell, remove a plus one plus one counter from it and create a two two zombie. And so when this card has the last counter removed from it, Shirei sees it as a 0-0, zero, zero, and then it will return to the battlefield with 5 plus 1 plus 1 counters on it. And you can get an insane amount of zombies this way. Pretty strong. If your opponent does not remove it, right? Pretty strong, yeah. Another card that really shined was Thought Picker Witch. Thought Picker Witch is a 1-1 one, one for 1. You pay 1, sack a creature, so you sack either itself or one of your other 1-power creatures. And you look at the top two cards of target opponent's library, then remove them from the remove one of them from the game. This card is obnoxious. You can just make your opponent draw all lands if you want to, or no lands if they really need lands. And yeah, you like that card? Get rid of it. It's it's very good card selection. And another card that I really want to highlight is Watchdog. Watchdog is a three generic mana, one two. It blocks if able, and as long as it's untapped, all creatures attacking you get minus one minus zero. One thing this does is chump block, which most of your creatures in the deck can chump block because they'll just come back. But another thing it does is decentivizes your opponents from attacking you because they really want to get the most value and the most damage out of their attacks. And one damage less per creature could be enough that they just don't send things your way. Yeah, it could win you the game, honestly. Makes it easier to chump block, makes it easier for your 1-1s or 1-5s or whatever they are to just tackle down on a creature, kill it, and then at the end of turn, Shirei brings them all back. And that's basically what this Shirei deck is designed to do, is to use these creatures for value, whether it's making opponents discard cards, making you draw cards, tutoring, whatever. It really, really just adds to the value that you can get over the course of a game and can make a difference, really. All right, so the deck that I built for the $15 deck challenge was Brutaclad, Telcor Engineer. You may recognize this card from the Command Zone. It was one of their um, one of their highlight cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a legendary artifact creature, Artificer, for four and is it? It's a 4-4 four, four that states, Creature tokens you control have haste. At the beginning of combat on your turn, create a 2-1 blue mirror artifact creature token. Then you may choose a token you control. If you do, each other token you control becomes a copy of that token. So when I read this card, the thing that really stood out to me was that that second part of his effect that says you turn all your tokens into a copy of one token doesn't say it has to be a creature. So you get to really abuse these kinds of effects on things like treasure tokens, mana rocks, etc. So cards like Hanweir Garrison, Molten Birth, which Jason seems to disagree it's with. It's a me. meme. It's not a meme. It's a pretty good card. Um, fit really well in this deck. You can also go the token route because it gives creature tokens haste. There's a lot you can play around. It's a pretty flexible deck. So personally, I wanted to add cards that were a little bit spicy, a little bit fun, not so expensive, that aren't expected in a Brutaclad deck, I guess. 
an example of this would be War Chief, War Chief Giant. War Chief Giant, nice. Uh, which is a 5-mana five 5-3, five, 3 and 2 red with haste and myriad. If you don't know what myriad is, it states, Whenever this creature attacks for each opponent other than the defending player, you may create a token that's a copy of this creature that's tapped and attacking that player or a planeswalker they control. You exile these tokens at the end of combat. If I have 15 mirror tokens or 15 treasure tokens or whatever just sitting on my battlefield and I play War Chief Giant and make a token of it with, you know, an uh, instant or an artifact that makes tokens. Quasi-duplicate. Quasi-duplicate, anything like that. Then I can turn all of my treasure tokens into War Chief Giants, swing all at one player, and I'm basically swinging at the whole table for a monumental amount of damage. Yep. Another card that I'd like to talk about is Power Stone Shard, which is from Dominaria. It's a common. You may not know this card because in Commander, it's not honestly all that great. It's impossible. Yeah, except in this deck. It's a 3-mana mana rock that taps for a colorless for each artifact you control named Power Stone Shard. In now, Singleton, this is a really, really tough thing to use. Yeah, so a 3-mana rock that taps for 1, that's not even really colored. I mean, I'm not really using colorless that much in this deck. However, when you make 10 of them... It gets spicy. Then, I mean, 100 mana is pretty good. So that makes it easy to cast stuff like Blue Sun Zenith or, uh, I don't know, Fireball for 100. Sounds great to me. Uh, but one of my absolute favorite cards in this deck is Polymorphous Rush. It's a 3-mana instant, 2 and a blue, that has Strive. It costs 1 and a blue more to cast for each target beyond the first. Choose any number of creatures on the battlefield for... Or rather, choose a creature on the battlefield any number of target creatures you control each become a copy of that creature until end of turn so basically what this does is if i have a mirror token on the battlefield and jason has i don't know jason pick a strong creature uh wow put me on the spot hellkite tyrant so let's say jason has a hellkite tyrant i want hellkite tyrants i can cast polymorphous rush without the strive cost targeting my mirror token and then it becomes a Hellkite Tyrant until end of turn. I enter combat, make a mirror token, all my tokens become Hellkite Tyrants. That's pretty good. Three mana. Three mana investment. And the thing with Brutaclad is that you don't... By the time you cast Brutaclad, it's already too late for your opponents. The things you're doing at the beginning and the middle of the game seem kind of innocent. I'm just making tokens, I made a couple treasures. But then once you cast Brutaclad and you have one really good token... That's when everything can kind of just snowball and get out of control. Worm and that's coil what I like engine. About this deck. Worm coil engine is a fun card, but definitely not for this challenge because uh, worm coil engine costs more than like two of the decks <laughs> put together. Uh, so basically, our decks are just a worm coil token. Yeah, pretty much. In essence, in a sense. Um, but yeah, that's what I built for the challenge. So one other way that you can spice up your commander games is by adding different variants of games. Rather than just playing normal games of Commander, there are certain things you can do to add to your games. One of these things is Plane Chase. You want to talk a little about Plane Chase, Nick? Yeah. So Plane Chase is a variant that you can play with either, I believe, 60 card, but I mainly use it for Commander. Uh, you can play it with the physical cards, 
which came out in 2012, so they're a little bit expensive. Or you can go online, the link will be in the description. But it changes your game a little bit, so there's going to be a card in the middle. You start by shuffling your plane chase deck, you put it in the middle, you flip the top card over, and it will be a chosen plane from any of uh, Magic the Gathering's lore, and it will have an effect that affects every player. And then you roll the plane chase die, I believe if you roll... We just use 1 through 6 because we don't actually have the planar die. There's specific symbols on the die, but uh, for us, there is 1, which would be to planeswalk, which is just you, you flip the card, you go to the next plane. Or a 6, which would be chaos. If you roll a chaos, you get the effect that's at the bottom of the card. Here, I'm actually on a website that can show me some of the cards, so I usually use that. Let me see... So the, I just uh, shuffled the deck. The first one I got was Immersturm. Uh, and it says, whenever a creature enters the battlefield, that creature's controller may have it deal damage equal to its power to target creature or player of his or her choice. Terror of the Peaks. I mean, hey. <laughs> if you do roll a Chaos, uh, you exile a target creature, then you return it to the battlefield under its owner's control. So the way rolling dice work in Plane Chase is you get one free roll at sorcery speed. And if you don't like your roll, or let's say you roll like just like a two or something that doesn't really matter, then you can pay one mana to roll again. And if you still don't like it, you can tap two or three, etc. And it just goes up. So it costs one more for each time you've rolled a dice that turn. Correct. Another way that you can spice up your games with your play group is Arch Enemy. Jason, would you like to speak about Arch Enemy? I would, thank you. So Arch Enemy is good if someone has a particularly strong deck and allows people to gang up on them. Arch Enemy works best as a 3v1 format. And the way Arch Enemy works is that it will be one person who is the Arch Enemy who will start with 80 life in EDH. And then the other three players will each have 40 life. Think Nickel Bolas versus the Gatewatch. Essentially, yes. And the three players, similar to a game of Two-Headed Giant, will take one turn together. Their creatures will attack together. They will have two main phases together where they can each sequence their plays basically how they like. And the Arch Enemy will have his own turn. At the beginning of the Arch Enemy's first main phase, they will flip a scheme. And a scheme will either have a one-off effect or will have an ongoing effect. So, for example, the scheme that I just pulled up is, I delight in your convulsions. And, man, that art is very, very scary. Uh, when you set this scheme in motion, each opponent loses three life, and you gain life equal to the life lost this way. That'd be really good in, like, Vito, Thorn of the Dusk Rose, or... Zap them all. You know, Olaro would be really good with that. You know, any life gain strategy. But you don't really know what kind of card you're going to get, mm -hmm. so it's kind of hard to build around. S similar to Plane Chase, it just adds a, it adds a lot of chaos and randomness to the game. Plus, having 1v3, you versus all your friends, is really fun because you feel like you're being ganged up upon. You can also swap who's the arch enemy to, so games feel a little bit fresh. So it's not the exact same deck that you're facing every time. Exactly. Also, you can find all of those cards on the same website that will also be in the description. Yep. And in addition to maybe changing the rules of Commander with Plane Chase, you can also just kind of change the deck restrictions. Kind of what we led into early with the budget thing. Uh, one way that you can do it is by playing 2DH, which requires you to play cards that are only $2 or less. Yeah, so 2, 2DH is actually a really fun format. You still get to play powerful cards. There just is... It's not, it's not a ban list per se. It's more of... You're putting a limit on yourself. You can't play cards that are over $2, so 
things do change quite a bit. Um, you do have to be careful though, because the secondary market does fluctuate a lot. So you just got to keep checking on that. But other than that, you get some pretty sweet decks. I actually played against a Felden of the Third Path deck that was built as a 2DH deck, and it was extremely strong. It actually beat the whole table. Uh, you can check out the official website for the format at 2, the number 2, dollarmagic.com. They have a list of the top cards and popular commanders on there, and it's pretty cool. And this will also be in the description as well. And a super fun game mode that I've been getting into recently is Popper Commander. And the way Popper Commander works is that you can use any uncommon as your commander. It doesn't even have to be a legend or anything. It could be any uncommon. And then the rest of your deck has to be commons. So it's basically Popper deck, but also Singleton. And one of the decks that I've been really getting involved with is a Kaiafi Voltron deck. Uh, it's basically a deck that uses blue enchantments to tap creatures down or bounce them to hand, or just kind of use blue permanents to control the board, which will then boost your Kaiafi and let you swing in for damage. And there's tons and tons of opportunities and tons of options that you can do with Popper Commander. And Popper Commander is actually a format that's also been kind of growing a lot over the ages. And so it's it'll be really easy to find someone to play with, or you can just build it with your playgroup. Yeah, so I while you were actually talking, Jason, I actually googled uh, powerful uncommons in Magic's history. And there's stuff like Soul Herder from Modern Horizons, uh, Risen Reef, which is finally rotating. Yay. Yay. Um, you can play even stuff just like Tombbound Lich, Baleful Strix. You know, there's a whole bunch of options. And, like, the amount of uncommon creatures in Magic the Gathering give you infinite options at what to use in Commander. And the other thing is, it is Commander. It's not meant to just... 1v1 smash your opponent you can build it as fun as you want it doesn't even have to be really that good no and oftentimes it won't be but that's the whole fun is playing with cards that no one's seen before correct and then there's oathbreaker planeswalkers yes finally we get our planeswalker commanders uh, so oathbreaker is a up-and-coming format uh, I really, really like Oathbreaker. I'm still trying to get my playgroup to build it. Oathbreaker is a 60-card Highlander deck, so singleton. You can't have any duplicates of anything. But your commander is your uh, Planeswalker of your choice. You still follow color restriction, color identity, etc. But you also choose a instant or sorcery to go in the command zone with your commander. Your signature spell. Which is your signature spell, yeah. And... You can only cast it if your uh, Planeswalker is out. Uh, and then as it after it resolves, it also has attacks. Costs two more. Costs two more per cast. The same way that your uh, commander would in normal commander. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of fun variants with that. You can go like Narset Windfall. Don't, don't do Narset Windfall. Why would you be that person? Don't be that person. Why would you? Uh, Jason actually has a deck that he's been looking at building. Yeah, I've been I've been brewing an Angraph the Flame Chain Siphon Mind deck because one of my favorite cards when it was in Standard was Angraph the Flame Chain. I just loved all the cool shenanigans it could do, making your opponents discard cards, steal their creatures, destroy their creatures, and so I'm working on building an Oathbreaker deck around it with kind of a discard theme as well as a I'm gonna take your stuff theme. Uh, another really fun one is Rao Storm Conduit with a fork or any fork ability. Uh, it's really easy to go infinite with that using Rao's copy ability on the fork. Or 
you could always be that person that plays Gideon, Black, ba- Black Blade, and uh, Armageddon. What, again? Or start... Wrath of God. Or Wrath of God. What are we teaching these people? How to play fun magic. Oh, uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, but the options are endless. You can play a lot of different variants on the same commanders. You don't even have to play Armageddon or Wrath of God with Gideon Blackblade. You could play Path to Exile. You could play Manative. <laughs> you could play Manative. Anyways, one other thing that you guys can do to change up your decks, and make sure to only do this if you have your playgroup's prior permission so as to not su- to surprise them, is you can use silver-bordered cards. Yeah, silver-bordered cards can be really fun. Uh, oft- a lot of the silver-bordered cards come from unsets, which are, for the most part, just jokes. I mean, they, they just do absurd things. They're wacky. They're wacky. They whack. Um, in the case of... Uh, infinity elemental they do ooh, whack ooh. fling that baby cast one mana infinity damage is that even legal what do you mean to deal infinity damage sure. because you have to declare a number usually no but his power is infinite that's true <laughs> anyways um there are also like promo cards um but there's a lot of fun silver bordered legendaries uh a lot of people like building grimlock it's the uh hasbro transformers collab uh just a cool character it's in Naya colors. Mm-hmm. Cares about dinosaurs. Um, Yark. One deck that I really love is Baron Von Count. Being able to use like level up creatures and planeswalkers to just say, you lose, game over. Yeah, it's uh, kind of annoying. Numbers uh-huh. are great. Numbers are fun. Get out your abacus, ladies and gentlemen. A uh, deck that I personally built was Grisilda because I wanted to do the Monster Mash. It's basically... Is that a dance? I don't know. Maybe. I mean... I'm sure you can see it on TikTok. Probably. But Griselda's really fun. You get to basically just pay five mana as your activated ability, take two creatures out of your graveyard, and mash them together. And you get to do some really fun stuff, like uh, Flare the Hatebound with Murderous Red Cap to go infinite. Or anything with uh, Walking Ballista, because apparently everything combos with Walking Ballista. I could just look at Walking Ballista and stare into its lovely eyes that are hard to find, and go, it will go infinite. Enter the infinite? Yeah. Pretty much. I don't think that goes infinite with Walking Ballista. <laughs> but yeah, uh, there's, even with, like, for example, Unsanctioned, they had Surgeon General Commander, and Surgeon General Commander cares about, like, enchanting things, augmenting things, mutating things, which is really good with, the like, Ikoria, um, being able to play Wooburg and just kind of making whatever big creature you want to by, by changing it up. There's some really cool flavor in that. And I highly suggest you talk with your playgroup and get them to agree to mm-hmm. just... Screwing around with some silver bordered cards. Or also, if they agree to it, you can just sneak a couple into your regular commander decks. Because they're a lot of fun. Just... Ashnod's Coupon. <laughs> what is it, Mox Lotus? Yeah, Mox <laughs> Lotus. Uh, Animate Library is really fun. Oh, I love that card. Flinging Animate Library is really, really fun. Is it Open the Packs? Uh, summon the Pack. Summon the Pack. Uh, oh, summon okay. the Pack is really strong if you have access to a booster pack on you same thing with booster tutor but it's it's a it's it's definitely can add a different element to your game but again i reiterate make sure that your playgroup is okay with it first yeah don't don't tilt them don't make them upset Mm -hmm. 
because silver border cards can uh, definitely do that. And now it's time to pull from the knowledge pool. Tips to make Commander games more fun and more healthy. Hey Jason. Hey Nick. When can I scoop? Well, first I would recommend that you don't. Because you can always, there's always a way to win a game of Magic. But. What if I want to? If you want to scoop, I would recommend that you scoop at sorcery speed. If you scoop just on another player's turn or right about when the player is about to use you to do something cool via damage or something, it really disrupts the flow of the game and really creates kind of an unhealthy environment where people can just get mad at each other. But Jason, you're pointing your uh, Aetherflux Reservoir at me for 50. You paid 50 life, and I don't want to take 50 damage. I mean, if you're about to lose the game, though, it's really just unfair magic and kind of disrupts the game for other people if you decide to scoop on another player's turn. Wait till your turn and wait till a main phase to do it is what I recommend in order to make the game more healthy. Yeah, it definitely makes the games more healthy if people don't just say, screw you, I don't want you to win, so I'm scooping. And and that'll happen because tensions get high, people get hurt during a game of Magic. It's a competition, people are going to be upset, but try to keep that in mind when you play and try and encourage others to do the same. Yeah, it makes it more fun that way. All right, Jason, before end of turn... Let's talk about some of our Magic-related life uh, events that have been going on. Jason, what do you have going on? Right now, I've been playing a lot of MTG Arena, just kind of getting ready for the new rotation. But specifically in Commander, uh, I've been building a Sisse Shrines deck, where the hopefully the cards will be in the mail soon. I still have to finalize a deck list. And that's really actually about it. I'm waiting to see if I'd want to build any of the new Zendikar Rising Commanders, because some of them look really sweet. Fair. What about you, Nick? Uh, I've been looking at, of course, Tesa Karlov because it's... I, I've been hesitating on it a little bit because it is just a really popular Orzhov commander, but I figured I'm not really using very many black and white cards right now, so I figured I'd go for it. I'm also building Okagachi Group Hug slash Slug, I guess. Uh, you slap Assault Suit and Vows on it. You don't really try to win, you just kind of watch everyone smack each other and watch the world burn. See, the thing is, with Group Hug, everybody wins. But that's just a ruse. That's what I want you to think. <laughs> then I pass the turn to you. Feel free to leave a comment below telling us what's new in your Magic playgroup. What fun decks are you playing? What new combo did you just pull off in a sick Commander game? We'd love to hear from our viewers. And if you're one of our audio viewer, audio listeners, not viewers, because you're audio listeners, uh, feel free to check out our YouTube channel so then you can view us. You can actually see the card arts that we're talking about. We'll talk. We'll put some stuff on the screen. Uh, we'll have the link in the description, like we mentioned. Maybe play some Commander games, or just any games in general. Yeah, I'm down. Alright, we'll see you next time on... Untap. Upkeep. Bye, guys. Bye. To celebrate the rotation that is coming up for Standard, I got Jason and I a pack of each of the Ravnica block. So let's, let's see what we get. Bye-bye, Ravnica. Bye-bye, Ravnica. Good riddance. I want that one. All right, which one do you want to open first, right, I'm going to crack War of the Spark. All right, let's go together. All right, let's get through them, them commons. All right, already like my uncommon. I got a Cruel Celebrant. Hey, I have a cat attacking me. Pudding, what are you doing? Domri's Ambush. Okay. Neoform. God Pharaoh statue, not bad. Dovin, Hand of Control. Nahiri, Storm of Stone. Alright, let's show each other. Ready? Three, two, one. Oh, you got good. Oh!
Nice. I'll take a Casualties of War. Casualties of War is a good card. Are you going to tell them what you got? I got a Finale of Devastation, baby. I needed another one. All right, which one do you want to go next? You're, you pick. Uh, You know what? I got the Allegiance on sale. Let's leave that for last. All right. See if we get a Krasis in there. Guilds. Guilds of Ravnica time. Let's go. For all you ASMR nerds. Oh my gosh, why would you do that? I'm sorry, everyone. All right. Let's pause for reflection. Hey, okay. Okay, we both got pause. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm done my uncommons. You ready? Goblin Crater Maker. Night Veil Predator. Selective Snare. Under City Necrolisk. Legion Guildmage. Thoughtbound Phantasm. All right, ready? Three, two, one. Okay. Not bad. I got a Midnight Reaper and a Foil Leapfrog. I got a Bounty of Might. I already have no a Foil one of these. Nice. Playset <laughs> of Leapfrog. Alright, Ravnica. Alright, Ravnica Allegiance time. Alright, farewell, Standard. It was nice knowing you. We'll see how Uro gets banned. Ban it! Ban Uro! Alright. Last pack of Ravnica block. Ooh, Growth Spiral. Oh, nice. <laughs> All right. All right. Uncommons. I got Consecrates Consume. Uh, Trollbred Guardian. Cavalcade. Drillbit. Swirling Torrent. Carnival Carnage. And... Sorry, I looked. <laughs> I got that. Okay. And I got an Orzhov Guildgate. I got Warrant Warden as my rare. That's not bad. Oh, okay. and I got a Benthic Biomancer. Also not bad. I mean, hey... I think I got a pretty good deal on these packs, so. Goodbye, Ravnica. Goodbye, Ravnica. And hello, Zendikar. Support your local game stores.